The Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored. Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. You are listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. Yo, what's up? Oh my God, so excited to get it to chat with you. I know. How are things going? Feels like so much has been happening. Oh, really? Like what? Well, you know, I, I was traveling and this is, you know, second week of spring break. That's right. Um, and so I see, you know, I see the light at the end of the tunnel coming. I don't know if there's a train about to hit me. Um so yeah. Oh so no, just... but no, that's so interesting. You you're describing your spring break like that. Like you, you sound like you're at the end of a marathon, but it was supposed to be your spring break. I know, because I don't learn my lesson with like adding work to my plate during time of rest, which I wanted to ask you about because yes. I remember that part of what you were gonna do was actually relax and take some time off. Yes. Please tell me that this worked out for you, even if it might have not worked out for me. Well, there are two things. I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the second part first. But like I did, like because when I when I literally did not have that, like the time that I was supposed to be working, I actually didn't set anything else to do in place of it. Mm-hmm. And so I got like free, just like, huh some breathing time. And even though I did a few things, it was way more relaxed and on my time. Like, okay. yeah, I, I felt good about what I got. But I, I want to I give you a break because at least the way you described it, you know, last episode, that I wasn't thinking so much that this was going to be work, although it just felt like these were like undeniable opportunities. Yes. Okay. So maybe let me... And so that like, if you were going to use the spring break to do it, like 15 years from now, you would look back and be like, you know what? That was completely worth it. Yeah. So I... Okay. Let me clear Let me clear this up a little bit. So it's not so much the things that I scheduled to do that are the things that have felt in some sense exhausting. That has okay. not been... So the things I chose to spend my time on are yeah. in fact the things that are rewarding and refreshing. Okay. Right. It is the external work that gets placed upon me yes. based on other work that we do, like the podcast. Right. Yes, we're we're, exactly. we're going to get we're going to get into it for sure. We're going to get into it. Um, but I think that's that's the difference. Right. That like yes. it doesn't matter how well you plan something. Yes. There are things that come your way either via an email, via a text, via social yeah. media that can be a drain on your energy and your mental space. Yes. And so those are the things where I'm like, oh, the the spring break is coming to an end. So what is on the other side of that is the thing that I'm like, oh, dreading. Got it. You know, like, how are we going to wrap up this second half of the semester when all of these additional pressures are sort of coming from different places that sometimes one doesn't expect? Yeah. Um, and then I'm so cognizant that, like, I'm not the only one that deals with that kind of stuff. Yes. And so how do you protect your well-being when you are receiving emails about X, Y, and Z? Yes. No, so, I was yeah. just thinking about this because I, it is, today, it is impossible for me, for someone to write me an email or someone to say, Eris, I, could you do blah, blah, blah next week? And for me to say, no, I can't, it's my spring break. Like, mm. I just, there is no possible way right now that I could do that. And so, yeah, I have to I have to sit down and think about that carefully because I've, I've seen other people do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Actually, I thought more than, oh, that's interesting, right? Oh, we're uncensored. Mm. I thought, that's fucked up. But it's not. Right. And so just really thinking about, you know, who I want to be in terms of that. But like, it's yeah, I just I've just heard people say it and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. So it's interesting you mentioned that because I'm at, you know, the American Institute for Mathematics on a square visit. 
And it yes. is in person and, you know, with, with my collaborators. And it's like just wonderful to be in the same room and, and think about mathematics. And as we were walking into the Institute, um, I was hanging out with my friend, Chris Hanusa, shout out to him. And we were having this conversation very much about how to balance work when other people try to impose work on you during, say, spring break. And it reminded me of, you know, one of one of my um, colleagues at Williams College who has a signature block that says something to the effect of my working hours may not align well with your working hours feel free to reply to this email when it's most convenient to you. Yes. Something to this effect. And then I, you know, and there's times where like, I may get an email from them at like 8 p.m. And, you know, I reply or I'm like, you know, I'm ready to go to bed. And so I don't reply, (laughs) but I schedule a a reply for the morning. Um, And so I think there is some move to like actually acknowledge that we don't all work at the exact same hours. I mean, let alone like, quantity of hours, but also yes. during the day when those working hours are scheduled. So that that's one thing. And then the second thing is that um, I'm working with a, with a group of folks organizing a conference for gender minority uh, individuals in the mathematical sciences, but in combinatorics. Yes. So the conference is called GEMS. And, and AIM is the institute who's going to fund our conference next year. Okay, and great. You know, they we got an email like, oh, can you all meet so we can talk about like logistics and yada, yada, yada. And then yeah. I replied and I said, you know, it feels real early, like it's a year out, like maybe we shouldn't have it during spring break. And then it mm-hmm. was like overwhelming support. Like, yes, yes, yes. You know, there's plenty of us organizers. Like if this is your spring break, please don't feel like you have to attend. We can do a summary and report back to the full group. And then yes. I was like, Okay, so if we make this part of our way in which we operate, yes, you know, especially those of us that maybe are a little bit more senior, those of us who have, you yeah. know, traversed this a little bit more times, you know, than yes. other people, yes. and we set as a precedent that, yeah, there's going to be times where we also need to just chill out and take some time off, and right. that is okay, then it's going to, like, change. It's going to change yes. because other people are going to be like, oh, it's okay for me to not work at midnight. Those aren't so-and-so's working hours. Or, right. oh, it is their spring break next week, and they said they were going to be out. Okay, great. And we yeah. just adapt, right? And we talked about this last podcast about, like, this reset that COVID has yes. allowed us to really um, just embrace. Yeah. And so I, I think we're seeing some of that happening. Great. Well, I hope that you're right, and I hope I jump on board myself, so... I keep thinking at it. <laughs> You're just like not sold on this. Oh no, whatsoever. I am sold on it. No, I, yeah, or in theory, but I, I have habits and ways of being that I have to interrogate and sit down with and think about and work through and cry about probably too. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, in the in the realm of interrogating, yes. Um, I'm interested in us uh, getting into the topic of discussion today, but I guess maybe before yeah. I do that, I just, you know, just wanted to remind everyone to please recommend the show. You know, it is lovely to to get to interact with folks also on social media. So feel free to post about the show if you learn something or something resonates with you. You know, hit us up at Math Uncensored, at Minority Math, at DPE Harris, and at Eris Winger. Yeah. <sighs> We're hitting uh, up the mailbag uh, this week. <laughs> Getting ready for this. Yeah. So no, I mean, and 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 I'll, I, I think before, whenever we talk about the mailbag, again, we have to start with our appreciation for mm-hmm. people listening to the show and you know offering their opinions. And so, I mean, we got and and, and showing the love as well, right? And so we mm-hmm. get different types of messages in the mailbag, right? And so there's some that again are going to be you know, super supportive and be like, yes, this is great, wonderful, this resonated with me, and those are just amazing. We also get pushback, right? And the pushback takes lots of different levels. And so we got one that whose level of pushback was, you know, on a different level for sure. And so, um, but we're not afraid. I mean, there's fear in everything, right? But we want to overcome the fear uh, because it's important to do that and to really just discuss and have open discussions no matter what's said. Yeah. So maybe let me give you a little bit of the context of of what happened. So, you know, in the last episode, we talked about, and I I shared that I'm on this listserv for RU directors. um, 
and I got something wrong. So this list that REU directors are using, in fact, only lists the students that have already accepted an REU offer. So let me just, yes. you know, set the record straight. So, so yeah. apparently no one is utilizing this to put those that they have made offers to. Although, of okay. course, you know, like I keep my own internal list of who we've offered the thing to, right? But they're not yes, making that yes. public. They're only making public the, the, and again, not public, I should say, you know, privately shared with this particular group of individuals. Um, and so, so we got this email and the record needed to be set straight. So there it is. Yes. Um, the second thing was that in, in part of the email, you know, there was a request uh, for me to apologize, I guess, mm. because I got that wrong. Okay, uh, all right. I still stand by the fact that there's an email thread with a list yes. where we're putting students' names that is removing from them an opportunity to maybe step back and think that that's not the offer. I accepted that offer, but I didn't know that this other one was coming. So I yes. stand by my stance that this kind of list is yeah. utilized by people in power in a way that doesn't actually benefit students. Yes. That I'm going to stick with because I highly believe that that is the case. I still think that the system is not set up in a way that it prioritizes students and their well-being. Yes. Because when we put the name of a student on a list, again, we're using that to facilitate our work when we're the ones that hold the power when we're the ones that are actually making the offers. And yes. we gave examples of when a student might not necessarily understand how dire somebody else might think it if they accept yeah. an offer and then go back on that. Okay, yes. so like, I want to make that very clear. And, and I've said this time and time again, you know, I'm a first-generation scholar. When, when I navigate spaces, when an offer comes my way, I don't actually understand what the politics of accepting an offer and then later mm. on getting maybe my dream offer and then being like, well, no, 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 that, that's the dream. I, I'm going to go say to the other people that I had said yes to that actually I, 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 I no, because yes. I really wanted that other thing. Like yes. that is not a thing that I had conversations over a dining room table with my family about how to navigate that or, oh, you got an offer from REU1? You know, yeah. email the director of REU2 and let them know because you have a timeline pressure. I didn't learn that until very late in my mathematical career. And so what I'm saying here is that the amount of information that some of us have when we navigate, you know, offers, whether they're for REUs, for graduate schools, for, you know, faculty positions, it is not the same. And so I, again, stand by my idea, right, yeah. that when we just put people's names that they've accepted, you then eliminate the opportunity for somebody else to offer them that position, which may be their dream position. And also, for reasons that we may not understand, they might Absolutely. need to decline having accepted something. And yes. again, we gave an example of what happens in the case where, you know, it, maybe it is not a safe state to go to. And I think sometimes, let me just say, you know, my white colleagues might not understand that, that, you know, my black husband is not going to want to go to certain states, you know, if I were to go yes. find another job. Yes, yes. Because this this place is it's, it's not safe for us there. And so that is what we need to center when we think about the work that we do, right? Prioritize students, their well-being, and also understand that they might not always understand the consequences of a decision that they make. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is a pseudo theme as well. So there's like a million things I want to say here. I mean, so I wonder, and this this comes up in something else we might get a chance to talk about depending upon the time we have. But I, I'm thinking about looking at this sheet with students' names on it. I mean, mm -hmm. just literally looking at it, and how is it that we can? say that those lives, those names represent the lives of flesh and blood of people, right? Mm. And then, and, and then the second thing is in the hopes that if we can humanize those people and savior ourselves, again, thinking about these interrupting questions to power, that is someone who accepted 
for whatever reason, for some reason in which I am not fully aware. So Mm -hmm. not only is it trying to give humanity to the person whose name is on the screen, but also a sense of humility that they accept it. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they accept it. And I, I may have an idea, but I, I just get that too often we think we know. Mm-hmm. We think we know. And I think this notion of we think we know permeates, particularly in mathematics, more than lots of other places. But we think we know, and therefore, it, we think we know, and therefore, we can just go along and do what we're going to do. The second thing is that um, whose market is this? Mm. whose market is it, right? And I think we have to decide, this is our decision. We can't say that, you know, because when we, if we make lists like this, then we're trying to make it our market, right? Of course. And yes, but then, and I, I struggle with this. If it's our market, then what do the students represent? Are they the product? Mm. Are they the, are they the thing that we're going to use? Ouch. Are they... Right. So I, 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 so I, I'm not saying that's what we're doing. I'm just saying that if we're trying to, it sounds, it looks like insider trading. Mm. It looks like market manipulation. Yikes. It looks like, yeah. Right. So, and so, and I, again, I'm not saying that that's what's happening. I'm saying that when let, what does the world look like in this space in this RU space when we just say, let's have, let's give students the ability to negotiate to say no, to change their mind, right? For all the humane reasons that you just mentioned, right? And so um, this is, of course, tied to something else that we've been talking about because also um, we have a tendency that if we see people who we can control and manipulate start to actually push back and use rights and powers that they have, then we demonize them. We call them liars. We say that... Yeah, yeah. We say bad things about them, potentially. And so, as you might imagine, on this show, we try to imagine a brand new way of trying to do this in a way such that our students get the best opportunity for them, for them. Yeah, for them. No, I I, I love how you're framing that. And I think, you know, I appreciate you helping me think through this because I was thinking about, you know, and again, I've, I'm playing the role of being on this, you know, on these threads where now there is some level of, of power, some level of prestige, some level level of having some insider information that I was not prior, you know, priorly, what's the right word? Like I, I wasn't privy to it before. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of seeing, man, these things are hilarious, right? How the sausage is getting made. Um, in in ways that I didn't um, understand before. And so when I bring these things up, it isn't, again, also to demonize anybody because I mentioned this again and again, like people who are doing research with students who are undergraduates, you know, they do it for the love of, of the students and of mathematics and all of this. But we're also not... Um, always perfect. And that means yes. that we have to be willing to to take criticism and also grow from it. And so for me, the thing that I think is important in this whole discussion is that there might be a better way to do this that serves yes. the same, um, the same, it serves both sets of people well, right? Correct. And, and I mentioned the fact that, you know, graduate schools have sort of come to this agreement that they're going to, you know, send their offers out whenever they can because everybody has different timelines, but that they're going to ask students to please, everyone's going to say the April 15 date by which students have to accept their offer. And so I think that that's a very easy thing for us to try to envision in this REU space where, yes, we're going to be getting these applications. Yes, at the end of the day, we're going to get maybe lots and lots of no's and we're going to go through, you know, back and forth with students about uh, accepting or, or not accepting our offers for REUs. But again, it gives the students the full set of acceptances from which then they can make a very good decision about which is the right program for them. And here's just, again, another reason, not that we needed it, but here's another reason why why this is important for students. You know, there's the pay for REUs varies. The length of the REU varies. And so 
we talked about being an n-dimensional person last time. And we talked about that sometimes one of your coordinates might be finances. And it might mean that you really need to make more money this particular summer. So that means that when you get all of your offers, you can then say, actually, you know, I need to maximize along that coordinate. And this is the right program for me or location or whatever other thing a student needs to consider as you're making these decisions. And so I stand fully by my statement that we need to revolutionize what systems we're using to give the power back where it belongs to the students. Yo, give it to them for the first time. I'm not Mm. even giving us credit for them ever having any power in this context. Mm. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, And then the the second thing that you mentioned, um, which which is interesting because, you know, when I shared this email during our production meeting, um, you know, as a woman, I receive a lot of these emails where I read the tone of the email And I think, interesting. So this person flat out calls me a a straight up liar. Like I am a liar, you know, you know, which which sort of hints at me doing something intentionally intent. Right. Whereas in in a second sentence, you know, they credit themselves by always giving people the benefit of the doubt, in particular students, the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, I'm not awarded that same level of benefit of the doubt, Um, you know. And and so it's interesting to me because as I read that email, like I I think I'm so desensitized to that that it just felt yes. like a complete normal standard email I get with criticism. And it well, no, wasn't it, until you know during the production meeting, the yes. men in the room are like, "Wow, okay. there's a tone here," and yes. even like it took you know, you to point out like just the very gendered nature of some of the comments in the email, basically saying, you know, and, 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 you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it was like, you spend 10 minutes complaining about this and you're a liar. And I was just like, oh, okay. I spent 10 minutes complaining and I'm a liar. Like that's, that's, I guess, usual for me to hear. Isn't that wild? No, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's, it was um, very for again for the men at the production meeting and you know me and Michael to to watch this um, your reaction to it. I mean, frankly, he and I had spoken about this beforehand before we got on the call with you, and like it was we were expecting a lot more of of, of a response to what was written. But what you just said makes it clear. And again, the gendered nature of it is is pretty was pretty clear to me in the moment that um, there was just some things I was just like, wow, I can't believe this is saying it. And it was completely normalized for you. And mm-hmm. this continues to, I, I hope, work as an example to all of us about how, you know, privilege and, you know, oppression operate across gender, across race, across both at some times, right? Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. you know, um, things get written. Now, let's, let's go back again that this is not intentional, right? This, this is a nice person. They love the discipline. They love students, all of it, right? The challenge that we all have is to recognize our positionalities and how our positionalities relative to other people. So that when we write something, and this is for me, when I write anybody, um, really, particularly when it's a, quote, difficult email to write, Mm. to consistently ask ourselves, who am I as a person writing to someone else who is this, right? Mm -hmm. And how that shows up. Um, And so for me personally, that comes, that means I have to, oh my God. That means that I have to search for the deepest level of humility I can find. Mm. And I'm getting emotional because when I think about the deepest level of humility that I want to find when I write someone, I mean, this is, I mean, I rarely do I even want to write someone about difficult conversations like this. Mm-hmm. But when I do have to write someone, I'm looking for a level of let me fully believe. And again, when we said humility, the saying that I may not know everything that's going on here. 
right? Mm. And so when I write somebody, if it's of the tone of, here's what I think is happening. I don't know. So here's what I heard. And so I want to know your perspective about what I heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I actually don't know why I'm getting this emotional about it, but it is because it's like, but we didn't get that. We got Mm -hmm. something like, you're wrong, you're lying, here's why, here's what you don't know. And it is, um, and that's fine. It's just that where we want to go as a discipline, as people, you and and that person deeply care about students. As we said so many times, you're on the same side. Oh, absolutely. You're on the same side. And so when I think about that, the question is, is this how we want to speak to a teammate? Mm. When we're on the football field, I'm sorry for my, you know, my biased example, but when we're on the football field and you're defending and, you know, your teammate could have caught the ball and dropped it. Do we, what do we say to them before we have to go on to the next play? Mm. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, so I, I just been thinking a lot about how we're communicating with each other when Technically and in real in, in a real way, we're on the same team. Now I want to honor the fact that this person's perspective, when they're listening to this, right, particularly when they have the best intentions in the world, they hear it and they're just like, oh my God, I'm being mm-hmm. taken to task. Yes. And do you know I've done A, B, C? Do you know the students that I've helped? There is no doubt that this person is an absolute you know, incredible giant and helping students and generations and generations of people, right? We also hope in addition to that, that they can hear a level of criticism that we all need to hear about what we're doing in this work. Yes, Like we can do both. Yeah, we can do both. Exactly. And again, I'm happy to take that criticism, right? Like I said, I was wrong about the fact that they're only listing those that have accepted. Yeah. And I still think that's wrong. Yes, right. And it's, and it's okay for us to disagree in how we do the work that we do. Yes. But we have to figure out how to communicate in a way that also acknowledges the level of privilege that each person yes. has in that particular moment. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, and I'm thinking a little bit about, you know, like when you said I'm getting emotional and and it's 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 interesting for me to see your reaction. And how nonchalant I took the email. Oh, my God. And, like, it's hurting me. It's hurting me to see you heard on my behalf because I wasn't even angry. Like, you know, and and I mean, come on. Like, I carry my emotions all over the place all the time. But it's so interesting to me that this is this was just like, yeah, this is part of the experience of of being of this particular gender. Like, to just be talked down to constantly, to be asked to clear up misunderstandings, to be yeah. demand, to, de- to, to get a demand about apologizing, to, to be told that, you know, I should seek more information because clearly I'm not knowledgeable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to be talked down to as if I'm a child. Yeah. And, yes. and it's interesting because I, I guess I am, again, like just so desensitized what's the right word? You know, I'm just so... Desensitized is correct. Yeah, desensitized to, to that experience that yeah. it like baffles me to see you be like, this is what you get. And I'm like, wait, right. that's not what you get? And so there's like right. this clear change in what I imagine the tone of the email would have been like had you been the one that brought this up. Correct. Because you were on that email list. Yeah, so it's, it's all very interesting to me to, to kind of get that nuanced perspective from you um, and from Michael uh, about that email. Yeah, and I want to, again, honor, for, and this is why I feel the, why the humility is super important, because I guarantee you this person was not believing in any context whatsoever that they were talking down to you, that they were being demeaning, or it like that none of that shows up for that person as an intent when they are speaking to you. I, I will, right. I, I firmly believe that. Oh, no, but, I agree. But the, but the, and so, and therefore, what I hope we are all understanding in this conversation is that how we think we sound 
when we talk does not equal how it comes off to someone else. And so, unfortunately, we've run through this with other emails we've gotten from very important people in this discipline who yes. think they're writing us in one way and they are just like, it is like unbelievable, right? And so that's why I think we have to have the humility. And I, I did see a sense of humility and an attempt at it, but it was, you know, it's hard when you think you're right. The humility mm-hmm. says, I don't, I'm not the full overseer of the truth. That's right. I am not. And therefore, I will offer my perspective. Here's what I heard. Please tell me why you heard something different. With a bigger goal in mind. Yes. Not about who's right, who's wrong, who sounds good, who sounds bad, but for our students. Just students, 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 students. Right? Yeah, because I'm still waiting for how we're going to fix this. Yes. And I don't, I don't mean this, you know, this conversation, this email exchange. I mean, I'm still yes. waiting to figure out how we're going to give the power back to the students. And again, like you yes. said, maybe for the first time. Yes. So let's work yes. on that because I think that's, that's right. you know, that's finding the commonality in the work that we do. And Absolutely I think United right. through all of this, dear person who emailed, right? Like, yes. I think United yes. through all of this, uh, on the other side of this very oh, uncomfortable situation, yes. we're going to make this experience yes. for students much yes. better. Yes. And, and so that's, that's the email yes. I'm waiting for. Okay. I'm yes. waiting for that email. I'm waiting for the email Absolutely. in which we're going to reply to each other and we're going to say, okay, we disagreed. We had this very difficult conversation, half of it in public. Yes. Now let's unite and let's figure out how we're going to maybe for the very first time ever create a common deadline by which all students in this discipline accept their REU offer. Or whatever it let's is. Let's do that. Yes. Well, let's that, do that. Let's yes. start there. Let's be very concrete. Yeah. Let's be very concrete. And can you imagine the discipline and how much better it would be, Eris, if at the end of every difficult conversation, oh we God. could come together and decide, okay, that happened. So now yes. how do we work together to make this better for those people we are trying to help? Absolutely. For those students Absolutely. that we're creating all of this programming for. How do we make it better? And that's that's what I think justice looks like. That yes. is that is what justice is to me, right? Absolutely. So I'm excited about the possibilities. Me too. After uh, yes. all of that, I'm actually like, <laughs> yes. I, I seriously cannot yes. wait until this episode drops so I can send this person the link and say, hey, check out Minute X. Get through it. Yes. Get through it because it's going to be hard. We're going to yes. disagree, but please get to Minute X. And I yes. wait to get your email after you listen to that point. Yes. And let's get to work. I love it. Super excited. Love it. Yeah. 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 But we also, you know, back to, to the mailbag, um, we yeah. did have a listener who sent, you know, this, this wonderful kind email about resonating with a point of the show where we talk about how sometimes we are set up to fail. Yes. And, you know, and how, how connected I think they felt to us because it felt like we were in part sharing their story. Yes. So, um, yeah. And and yeah, so I think about this person um, and this discipline failed them, right? Like yes. did not set them up to succeed in a graduate program in the way that they might have had they just gone elsewhere. Yes. And, yeah, and this person... Oof. Yeah, this person was was listening. We were talking about our coordinate framework for multidimensional mentoring, right? And we mm-hmm. had mentioned that in one dimension, they may not have been set up, that one of the coordinates was content and that I, it seems like that this person was not supported in their content. And so then the question becomes, when you go to a place, everybody cares about the content coordinate and um, what happens if a graduate school thinks you, quote, you have it, you think you have it, but it actually turns out that you may not have that content coordinate as down as it needs to be in order to to progress through the system that that institution has set up. And so that person never got um, supported in the content coordinate. And what we have not said about that coordinate specifically is that even though we don't um, necessarily want to put that first, that institutions are set up to put it first. 
And so if you don't have the content coordinate satisfied at an institution, you are almost certain, you know, it's almost certain for you to have a very, very difficult time. And that's something that we have to interrogate. And so now this person's at this institution and fighting and trying to get, you know, and, and it's one of these things because you don't know, and this is to another point I'll have to talk about in another show, because people always say, just take this class. Oh, and I'm yes. tired of, I'm just, I'm so tired of people saying, take a class. You know, you know how they say, um, you know how a topology is a set, you know, with mm-hmm. something else. A measure mm-hmm. space is a set with a set measure, right? Like a class is the subject and you better tell me the person who teaches it. Wait, I have an analogy for this, which is, which is, uh, you know, so I've talked about how my dad has cancer. You know, yes. I don't say to my dad, go to any doctor. Yes. I'm like Googling who the best doctor is, you know, yes. what what they do, how they treat their patients, right? So it's not so much the content that they know, because I believe that every single doctor, you know, who's out there treating cancer patients, like they have a level of knowledge, you know, yes. that's, that's pretty equivalent. But yes. what I'm looking for is more than that. So when I hear you yes. say, just take a class, I'm like, wait, who's teaching that? Right. Right? Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. And that's, that's sensitive in our discipline. And I'm yes. glad because that's where we got to go. But the, the point is that this person now takes class X and class X sounds like something that this person thinks that they know. And then they get into class X and it ain't like that at all. That's right. And there was no way to know. You know why? Because no one had the conversation. No one had that conversation. Like, what do you know? in a deep way, right? Yes. Um, and so now they, they've now been thrown into this massive odyssey, right, of years and years of just trying to fight through. Um, and, you know, it was sad. You know? And so mm-hmm. the two things that I feel for you, uh, listener, um, thank you for taking the time to share your story. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I'm wondering, you know, what, she would want to say to the community, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like what she would have done differently. You know, what I take from her story is that um, that I'm getting, well, and I'm worried because I'm getting less and less optimistic and less, you know, about people being accepted to institutions who don't give some guarantees about things. Yeah. Like in other words, if that person was, offered, you know, prestigious institution who said, come here, come here, come here, take, and you're going to take this and take this and take this. And then they talk with another institution that is not as prestigious, but they say, we're going to check in with you with coordinate A, B, C, D, E, and F, and we'll be with you every step of the way. Then again, and this is the framework we have been looking for, that that, you know, second example crushes prestige all day long. And so if I don't know, because we, and the the reason is because of this story that we just heard and from the core that the prestige, the high level does not overcome when another institution is covering your coordinates. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm wishing this person the best. It looks like this this person landed back on their feet. I'm, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, but, and I hope they continue to share their story. Right. Yeah. And, and to say that, you know what, I went to this place and they did not deal with me in these dimensions when I really needed it. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I also think a lot about, you know, the kind of mentoring that I do with my students and what I may be missing as well, mm-hmm. again, to attend to their coordinates. Right. Um, yeah. And we've talked about the fact that some sometimes we do the best we can with mentoring. But again, one person cannot attend to one student's, all of the student's coordinates. And so what system might we envision in which we can start actually creating this council of mentors for students? Oh my goodness, yes. Because again, I'm trying to move us to like, move into this this action realm um, where I think there is the optimism, right? Because if we focus on the fact that there are N coordinates, we're one person, we're never going to be able to attend to a student's N coordinates. But yeah. if we start having these ideas um, where we collectively come, you know, I can imagine a place at 
at a conference where you bring in all the mentors and we just say, let's hash it out. What graduate programs yes. are providing service A, B, C, D, E, F, and G for students? Right. Because again, I'm at a very small liberal arts college. I don't have access to a lot of graduate school faculty. And so I'm not sure what is becoming the norm at these places. You know, just to, just to give you a very quick example, you know, when I was at IAS, I got to meet with a, a one of my past research students um, who is at a nearby institution. We met for a meal and I was like, tell me about the experience being here. Like, should this be a school that I recommend to future students or not? And they said, oh, my goodness. Yes. Let me tell you what they've done. They've done X, Y and Z. I didn't even know that I was going to need one of these things. And then I've used it and it's been really wonderful. And then as we were having this conversation, they said, you know, but the one thing I did need that they didn't have this year was this. And I said, well, mm. it sounds to me like you just need to suggest it and they'll make it happen. I was like, maybe let's test the waters. Sure yeah. enough, the next morning they sent an email and they said, you know, we didn't have this. You know, could we have this next year? And immediately they replied and they said, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. We're going to implement yes. that moving forward for the next cohort. Yes. Just like that, Eris. Right. But what I'm saying is that like the student didn't have any qualm in reaching out to their graduate chair to ask if that was a possibility because they had already said, look, we're doing this, this and this and this. Right. They set up an environment in which it was completely the norm to request yes. anything that by, might be needed, of course, within reason. And yeah. then it be provided. Yes. It was so lovely to see. I've never seen this in action. No, that is fantastic. I hope everybody is listening there. No, this reminds me of the experience I had, you know, the last couple of days as I was mentoring some people at my alma mater in a program there. And um, I came and I sat with them. And this was the first time in which I was actually deliberately going through the coordinates. Uh -huh. And so with people, right? And so I haven't found the right wording. It was sounding corny, cheesy, but I literally was like hammering away, like, okay, tell me about finance and tell me, right? And so um, I found myself, and this is for the first time, because, and it might be jarring when you start to mentor in this way, that you find your boundaries mm. where you cannot help. I had spent so much time as a mentor being the know-it-all. Oh, because it feels saying, so good to be wanted oh, and get your advice God. heard and implemented. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you should do it this way, this way, this way. But it was one-dimensional mentoring because I could give the mentoring in this one dimension. And because we both thought, me and the mentee, that that was the only thing we should be talking about, then I felt great, right? Yeah. But then when I started to get to how are you doing emotionally, then I was like, I'm, I was sliding out of my element. Right? When people started to say, well, I'm struggling here, 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 and here, there was a part of me that, that felt inadequate, mm. right, to serve this person. And you know why? Because I was. And mm. that's okay. That's okay. And so that's when I, I had to go with, like, are you talking to someone? Let's get you to talk <gasps> to someone every week. That? Yes. Right? That That is not... It wasn't just about me. And then we were talking about finances and some people didn't have enough money, couldn't afford books. That was out of my element. Who could I find to assist with that person? And so it was revelatory for me to be like, I as a mentor am part of a mentor group, not yes. the end all be all. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Ooh, well, you know, I think we always can talk for hours, Eris. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm cognizant that I'm supposed to be at a research meeting with my okay. name group. And yes. so okay. I wanted to quickly touch on one more thing before I say goodbye and head back Please. into yes. math mode. Um, the Able Prize winner was announced yes. and we saw some uh, fun things on Twitter. So I wanted to get your take on, and I think you saw this image already, um, you know, yes. where before the the announcement was made, um, there was basically this, this picture where they have a little circle with all the award winners of the past. And then, yes. you know, it says, who is the next one with a little question mark? Yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. to say about that? Well, no, and I appreciate this. No, and I'll, I'll try and keep it short because I definitely want you to get back. I, I, let me let me just say that I um, 
I want to come back again to humility because what what so there's so there's an image with all the past winners, um, and then there's a question mark with the current winner, and that person was named, and so you know um, the people who put out the image right again best intentions wanting to uh, you know talk about the incredible winners, the brilliant people, the, you know, the hard work they put in. It's a culmination of decades and decades of incredible commitment to the greatest subject in the world, all of it. And I look at it and I don't see me anywhere. Mm. Right. I don't see Dr. Harris. I don't see Dr. Young. I don't see Muhammad Omar. I don't, right. Um, Chelsea, mm-hmm. I don't see, and, and I will never see them. Oh. I will never see them. And so I struggle because, oh, I hear them. Eris, why are you being so sensitive? Mm. Right? And and it is, and so am I saying that they should not have put this out? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we all have to understand, going back to the other conversation, that how we communicate in our words and the images that we use yeah. and, and everything matters. And so... The, the question becomes that when you put this out, are you asking yourself, how would a person of color see this? The answer to that oh. is no. The answer to that right. is no. You didn't do that. Because yeah. by contradiction, if you did do that, <laughs> you, then you would know that we would be hurt by such a thing potentially. And then you wouldn't do it. Or maybe you would anyway. Either way, mm. it's not good. And so I just, yeah. I, so when I look at it, I see a fractured mathematical community. I see uh, who we think are the great mathematicians and no one who looks like me is anywhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the greatest of intentions. I see them wanting to do something that's, you know, that's popular advertising and all of that. It just has consequences to us uh, as well. Right. And so nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's evil. Nobody's bad. I'm saying that our future in this discipline is on a road that's complex, that it's difficult at the highest level. If we want the best discipline possible, it's riddled with hard conversations. And on the other side of that is euphoria. It's the greatest thing. It's so great that we can't even imagine it. And when we start to do things and operate in our discipline, we have to start to ask ourselves, how is it that this impacts everybody with the knowledge that we don't have the absolute truth within ourselves. Oh, I'm so happy I asked you about this. Okay, (laughs) me too. (laughs) Me too. Sisters always, I'm just so happy to be with you and spend this time. Go work. Listen, yeah. And (laughs) and I should say um, a a quick thing that uh, I wanted to just share with you about my 5% because I I think I didn't mention it the last time. Um, I just want to thank, you know, my colleagues that I get to sit in and and listen to them give their talks, you know, Mm -hmm. and and teach their students um, and see just the brilliance of the pedagogy that they employ. Um, Because I've been learning so much about my colleagues recently and the way that they interact with the world. Um, And even when we're very different in our experiences, um, might, you know, pull us apart. I think the commonality and the love that we have for students, it's just so incredibly strong. And I am so grateful for the opportunities I've had to just like share in the witnessing of of the things that they do in the classroom um, that I'm just super thankful and kind of emotional about it. But I I visited recently a, a colleague's class and, you know, they, they handed out an exam practice. You know, they were just like, Mm -hmm. here's the sample exam. Uh, You know, here's how you use that. And it was like, use this not as a sit down with all the time in the world and work through the problems, like literally use this when, you know, you do all your studying, you do your review sheet, you do all of that. And then you're like, okay, I think I'm ready. Then open that file, put the clock on and go. And I was like, this is incredible. Yes. Why have I not done this? And as we were discussing, you know, why they've implemented this, I started thinking, how many times have I given an exam? And then, mm. you know, sometimes they end up in these vaults 
with yes. only a certain subset of students who has access to these old past exams. Of course. And others don't. And I Correct. thought, and now I can imagine something different where I yes. just hand out the old exam to everyone. Yes. And we talked about this before last year when I said I would hand my students the final, but then I didn't teach the same class, so I didn't hand the final. But why yes. couldn't I envision the old final for the same class I've taught before? Absolutely. And then I realized that what I was doing, Eris, I was making it easy on me. I was mm. making it easy on me so I wouldn't have to rewrite a final. So I wouldn't have to rewrite a new exam. I could just be like, I'm going to recycle that question. It was so good. I was doing it because it was convenient for me. Mm. And I just, I want to thank Liz. Oh, I'm not going to cry. I, but I want to thank her for shaking me out of that. Yes. Um, and so I'm excited to come back from spring break. And, you know, the thing I'm going to hand to them is exactly this. And say to, say to my set of students, exactly what she said to hers because they have already the review sheet and now yes. they all have this practice exam that they can, you know, utilize to study. Excellent. And so again, you know, sometimes, you know, not that I had any uncomfortable conversation with her at all, but yes. just the opportunity to sit in and watch each other and grow and learn from each other. Um, wow. I don't take that for granted. It is absolutely such a privilege to be in a space with people who deeply care about what they do. It's, well, oh, it's life-changing. We should, we should do this show right before we go teach. Because I'm yes. like so hyped to go to the classroom yes. right now. So, <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we, I think we might have a few announcements. So as yeah. always, people should sign up for things on the center. So, you know, check out the blog. Of course, the podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Math Uncensored at Minority Math. We've already mentioned the inclusion exclusion blogs are up. So please check those out. Give them some love, support. They are doing revolutionary work. And also BEAM is hiring. So BEAM, Bridge to Enter Advanced Mathematics, is looking for faculty, uh, junior faculty for the summer to teach sixth and seventh grade students. They roll their application or they have their applications on a rolling basis. So please, please, please apply. You can check them out at beammath.org slash work dash at dash beam. Excellent. You've been listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Thank you, sister. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.